0: You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez, and you're listening to 1030 The Voice. Welcome to Tuesday afternoon. Big show today. A lot of news going on, Jay. How did you spend today?
1: Well, first of all, it's Wednesday, Steve.
0: It's Tuesday in my world. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said that yesterday, because yesterday was, well, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You're, you've been a day behind for more than a day.
0: About <laughs> <laughs> 20 years.
1: It's fun. So I, would I, I like, you ask me? Uh, well, you, you had a busy day. I did. Um, you know, wh- I went to the uh, the President oh, yeah. Robbins news conference just to. Well, I, I'm on assignment for a, a magazine that I write for, Biz Tucson Magazine, but also, you know, I wanted to see what's going on because I know a lot of the, a lot of what's being said there relates to you know what we're talking about over here in sports and and what I heard was that you know while there's every intention of bringing the students on campus, uh, bringing some students onto campus. In, in dorms and, and everything else there's still a lot that has to take place mm-hmm. there's still a lot that they don't know and they don't know exactly how they're going to do this yet so because of that we're not 100 percent certain that that they're they're going to come on come on to campus but they feel that they can they feel they will they've got they're doing the research and putting the processes together but but what I did hear was that the a final decision has not been made as to how they're going to do this and that's what this task force that that that's uh, been put together uh, is doing and it's fascinating to hear what all has to go into this yeah. everything from a new app that you put on your phone that can keep track of who you've been hanging out with Mm. so that if somebody that you've been in contact with who also has the app turns up positive or something like that, you get notified of that. I mean, just fascinating stuff that they're talking about, but it's, there's, there is so much that is going to, has to go into this before that we know that the students can be on campus.
0: Yeah, no question. Um, One of the funny thing is since you've been here two weeks, it's like Groundhog Day. We it, it, things change and then they don't change I and mean, you well, don't know and
1: we don't know. One day to the next is you know like like you said one day might be is the same as the day before but then all of a sudden everything can be different and right. so it's 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 been really weird. It's been a really weird time to a to, to to start this during this time right when you know we don't have really a lot of sports to talk about but b just what it's like out there when you're talking about the developments related to what we're going through mm-hmm. so it's it's incredibly it, it's it's interesting look it's a time that we're never going to forget so
0: 90 it's 87 days i think 87 days till first day the, the
1: target day of starting class is uh, august the 24th um uh the the, the provost liesel folks said that they want to let students know at least a month ahead of time mm-hmm. whether it's a go or no go um they didn't May give a firm date, but they just kind of sort of a fuzzy. A month seems to be a kind of a time frame that they're looking at.
0: And we were talking about this specifically because if students are allowed on campus, that kind of gives way to the football team kind of starting. Right, and
1: that and that's and that's a lot of what's what's taking place here now. Both the Pac-12, the NCAA, have said. Students can uh, uh, athletes can return to campus mm-hmm. for voluntary work, and the, the Pac-12 date is starting June fifteenth, and the U of A apparently is going to follow suit with that. But let's say in the middle of July they just say they find out there's no way to do this, then everybody's going to scatter it, it, again. Right. Right. You know one of the one of the things that's complicating this, and you know I, I you know everybody's going to call me boomer, and they're going to you know get on me about trying to lecture you know people but one of the complicating issues that was discussed at this news conference today was what's going on off campus already that uh, you know the the right you, you bar right, now? right the okay. bars and the restaurants and, and places like that around campus are already jammed with really? students and people who are and clearly not social distancing and what 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 the the task force cautioned was If students aren't gonna grab onto this and take part in it, mm-hmm. and do the do the things that need to be done to get people on campus. They're not going to be on campus, gee, and they've got to do better than they're doing already.
0: Jay, that's not a good sign. It's a bad
1: sign. Yeah. But again, there's time to figure this out, and there, yeah. there's and and there's got to be a lot of education. But you know, people have to take this seriously, and I'm sure it's not just college age students mm-hmm. who are hanging out at these bars. I, you know, there's people, you know, there's people that are running around, and you see them at restaurants and and stuff like that, and. You You know, there's a lot of people who are out there saying, finally, you know, I'm I'm free. I can go do whatever I want. Well... Not that's really. not the right attitude yeah, to really. take. If we're all going to get through this and, and 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 head back towards normal, it's going to take a long time to do that. And if we're going to sit here and just flip the switch and go back to the way we were, that's not going to work. No. And that's what the con- that's what that's what the uh, the the task force is saying right now.
0: Right, right. We haven't learned our lesson, or we're going to have to learn a lesson. Soon. Yeah. So, anyway. let's switch gears real quick because we have Andy Lopez showing up here in about uh, four or five minutes. But a bit kind of big news that we kind of already knew. Uh, Jason. Terry is going to be probably announced in the next day or so that right. he's the new assistant coach. I think that's I think that's great. I think it's a, that,
1: that's a great hire. Uh, 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 Jason Terry brings a lot of visibility. He was a he was an NBA player for a long time. I'm sure you know his his primary function will be to to recruit and attract good players. But you know if you've been playing as long as he has and had the NBA career that he's had, I'm certain he's got a lot to offer on the court. So I think that that's that's a great hire for Arizona. Um, We'll see. You know, We'll see how he how can right. do as a coach.
0: I had him and uh, A.J. Brown on the show right at when they broadcast the uh, U of A replay from right. the Final Four championship game. April 2nd, 3rd, something like that. Uh, he was on the show a day later. Made no mention of it, obviously. But the word came out, at least I had heard, maybe four or five days later, that this this guy was on the radar, big-time radar. Right. It came out maybe about 10 days later, you could start to hear that it was going to happen another 10 days later it was gonna right. happen now we just waited for the, the job to well, open up yeah
1: the official announcement can't be made you know there's there's certain requirements that the U of A has about how long a job has to be open and whatnot but everybody's known for a month or so right, right. that 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 uh, Jason Terry was going to be the the next the assistant coach here uh, again you know he's he's a he's a he seems well-liked. to be a fun-loving well liked kind of guy yeah. um, I, you know I haven't had any a lot of personal experience with him I've, I saw him for instance a couple of the basketball reuse that they've had here, and mm-hmm. I've seen him on the court, and you know he's he seems to be a very fun guy. Um, I, you know, apparently, you know, Sean Miller thinks he makes a good coach, and we're going to see if he does. Right, right.
0: Well, I think the one thing that's going to help him is he mm-hmm. re- relates to the players. Well, that's what they need. Mm-hmm. You no, know, that's no clearly, question. That's clearly what they no need. No question. Of course, <laughs> it's going to be interesting if they all speak the
1: same language because <laughs> we've also heard <laughs> now that there's two more oh, international yes. players that have been signed by the U of A, so that gives six in international mm-hmm. players who are going to be playing uh, playing basketball for Arizona uh, whenever they start playing again. That's that's a big number.
0: I want to talk to you more about that at the 645 after we have Andy. Right. Just, about, just about the chemistry and things like that because you, we all know if you don't have the chemistry... You don't have a team. that. That makes so, that makes such a big difference. You mm-hmm. know what? What you you, you want? Ended up
1: hearing about a number of these teams that we thought were really really good. Right. Then after the fact, you start to hear that their chemistry wasn't all that great. Right. And you know, yeah, you can have all these great players, but if they can't play together, mm-hmm. if they can't stand each other, then the, those teams are hard to. Uh, it's hard for them to. It's hard for them to get to a certain level. I mean, they may win a bunch of games based on talent. Right. But when you got when you got to run through a wall for some guy and you don't want to that's where you have issues. How
0: do you say pass the ball in Lithuania? I'm going to Google that. I'm going to Google I, that.
1: I don't really know but it's
0: uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be
1: very interesting to see how this, how this plays out. I'm Again, I'm optimistic about what we're seeing just because it's something right, different. Right. From
0: we'll talk more about that doing. at 645 after we talk to Andy. I'm looking forward to that. Let's take the quick break, get a hold of Andy Lopez and come back here on 30 The Voice.
1: Time to update those old kitchen cabinets? Call the Window Depot today. The Window Depot is not only the number one warehouse for windows and doors, we now have a great selection of kitchen and bath cabinets at Tucson's best prices. The Window Depot is Tucson's top spot for granite and quartz countertops to finish the new kitchen or the replacement of that old worn-out Formica. So call us today at 290-8545 or 622-6430. The Window Depot, windows, doors, granite, and new
2: kitchens.
0: Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. And now on the phone, we have former U of A baseball coach and one of my favorite guys, Andy Lopez. Andy, how the heck are you?
2: Hey, Steve, I'm doing well and uh, uh, glad to be on here with you and Jay, man. I'm doing okay.
0: Let me ask you real quick, five years after you announced your retirement, how are you doing? What are you up to?
2: earth shaking news man you go to safeway and you figure out do i need the five banana bunch or do, I need the, do i need the three or should i get the four if i get five they might get a little stale if i get three you know what i mean earth shaking i hate
0: you i hate you
1: <laughs> hey andy how's your how's your health i gotta ask you that first
2: well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you asking. You know what? Every time I go in, I go in every six months, and, uh, hey, by the grace of God, everything's great. Um, you know, I, I, I've been very, I've always been, a, because of my mother and father, I've, I grew up in a very disciplined home, so I've always had the discipline to work out. And that's what caught me going, caught me so, wow, well, I, I just thought I could beat genetics, right? Laughing, you know, everybody's laughing at that one, right? Myself included. Because my mother, my father, grandmother, grandfather, older brother all had heart issues and open heart surgery and what have you. And uh but I worked out every day of my life. I I jogged all the time. So now I walk every day and then during the summer months I swim but I feel great, you know, uh, and, and so far, so good. You know, I, I keep looking for a warranty every time I go my car. Yeah, but, you know, they don't, they don't give those out, man. It's not like buying a set of tires, you know. No, so, no. Know.
0: You're, you're going without a net just like the rest of us.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> let, exactly. Let,
0: let me ask you a dumb question because I don't know if we asked you this when you retired, but had all this happened with your heart, not happened with your heart, would you think you would have continued to, to even be coaching now?
2: Yeah, no, no. I'm 66 now, so I, I would have. I, this would have been my first year out. <laughs> I had a, you know, I came back in 2012, and Greg Byrne and uh, Rocky LaRose were good enough. They wanted to redo my contract. I had three years left on my contract in, th- in 2012, and uh, I had I had had a five year deal, and I had uh, three years left on it. And, um, um, and I told him, I said, no, I I'm, you know, I'm good. I'm, I I don't really want to extend beyond. I, and I was very honest with both of them. I said, look, I'm not going to be the guy that's going to do this when he's, you know, 65, six you know, in that. I'm just not going to be that guy. That was never, because here's the thing, like, I never, ever, ever had a thought of being a Division one baseball coach. That was never a dream or a plan. I just stumbled into a job at a high school job and did that for five years and then the college program called me, and the next thing I know, I'm getting called by Pepperdine, and then I'm getting called by Florida, and then I'm getting called by Jim Good here in Tucson. And, uh, you know, I credit my mom and dad. My faith, most important thing in my life, but my mom and dad, they always said, you know, I can still hear my dad, man. Mijos, si no vas a bien, no mm-hmm, right. If you're not
0: mm-hmm. going to do it
2: right, don't do it, son. If you're not going to do it right, don't do it. So everywhere that they called and said, would you be our baseball coach, I went there with one goal in mind, that was to do a very good job. And um, things worked out. But with that in mind, I made a commitment a long time ago to be very candid to Steve. I made a, little, a, a strong commitment to myself and to my wife of 37 years. Uh, I married her in 1982, and it was my second year as a college coach. I said, Linda, uh, we're going to start having kids. That was our plan, which we ended up doing. I said, Linda, if if, if I ever look like I'm taking this job over the family, please, please And there were a couple times where it looked that way for her. You know, there were a couple times, one time at Pepperdine and one time at Florida. She said, Hey, you know, you told me. I said, Yeah, I appreciate it. So I said, I would never. I was on the radio, believe it or not, this morning back to Gainesville, Florida. Believe it or not, I did a radio show back to Gainesville, Florida. And they asked me a similar question. I said, You know what? Um, By the grace of God, you know, national championships and national coach of the year awards and Hall of Fame and all this other stuff. I said it would mean absolutely nothing now. I understand it now. It would mean nothing if I didn't have my wife and kids. If I didn't have a relationship with my wife and kids, these awards would mean absolutely zero. You know, so so uh, so I had a plan, to, you know, to get out. I, it, it sped up a little bit. You know, it sped up a little bit after the heart surgery. But but um, now I, I I was hoping to go to about sixty five, and that was about it.
0: One of the favorite things that you that you do, and I really love, is you, you quote your dad in Spanish just now. You quote other people, and your fa- my favorite saying from you is "Somewhere in America."
2: Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, you know what? I got that doing nothing at Dominguez Hills. One day, I was um, people don't realize, it, but that job, my first college job, I had to drag the field with my old personal car. Our our John Deere broke the second week I was on campus. And it was one of those things where they said, oh, we're going to get it fixed. We're going to get it fixed. We're going to fix it. Well, they never fixed it. So I got frustrated and started dragging the field with my own car, and I did that for the six years I was there. And there were a lot of days when I'd be dragging that field all by myself at 1130 in the morning because uh, I taught classes there as well, and I'd be dragging the field in between a teaching class that I had. And I, would, I said that to myself. I said, you know, I wonder if someone is doing this somewhere else in America. So I just asked that of myself. But then I started translating it to my players from the standpoint of saying, hey, you know what, somewhere in America, someone's getting better today. Like someone's catching that ground. That ground ball that just went by you because you didn't dive and leave your feet, there's someone in America that just left their feet and made that play. So, you know what, we might as well do it here in Tucson on a regular basis. You know? Right, right. Uh, yeah, we just, yeah, and it, it carried out. Oh, my God, I've had, I talked to one of my players today because he heard the radio broadcast in Florida who pitched for me, a young guy named Eddie Rojas from New York City, and he's very successful now in Orlando. And he texted right after the radio show. I was on at 10 o'clock this morning, our time. And uh, he said, hey, Lopes, I heard you on the radio. You sound great, this and that. And we were texting back and forth. And believe it or not, Steve, he said, somewhere in America. And I laughed. I like, <laughs> dang, man, <laughs> there's a lot of knuckleheads out there that remember that line.
1: I know I do, and, Andy. You know, I, I think you can arguably say that you know you, you coached uh, college baseball in probably the three states that are most prominent for you know high school and college baseball: California, Arizona, and Florida. Talk to us a little bit about the differences, you know, in the in the the, the atmospheres in the in the at the three different programs, because certainly yeah. they none of them were the same as the other. I mean, I'm sure Arizona was different oh. from Florida, yeah. which was different from Pepperdine. I'd be interested to hear. How are, these, how, you know, how are they the same? How are they different?
2: Great question. Man, that's a really good question. Okay, I'm going to try to do it. be as quick as I can with this. Um, uh, Pepperdine. Okay, we won the national championship in 1992. Well, let's, let's, let's go this way. Pepperdine. Uh, my sports information director would sometimes sit outside of the press box with his shirt off, getting a son. No, this is a true story. I was the best man at his wedding, and I love him. He's an athletic director now at a Division three school out in Indiana. Great guy, Mike Zapolsky. I love Mike. But he would sit outside of the press box with his shirt off. He was in great shape. With his shirt <laughs> off and announce the game. So now batting... For the Pepperdine Waves, Mark Wozakowski, who played for me, Mark Wozakowski, and Mark would come up and hit, and now batting Steve Rodriguez, and he'd come up and hit, and Zap, we called him Zap, Zapolsky, would be sitting in the stands on a nice warm day in Malibu with his shirt off getting a suntan. So that was Pepperdine. All right, that was Pepperdine. Uh Oh, and, and we won the national championship right. in 92. We flew into L.A., and there were like 18 people at the airport waiting for us, and 16 of them were my relatives, cousins, <laughs> aunts and uncles, right? Okay, then I take the job at Florida, and my second year there, we go into Omaha, and we're one game away from playing for the national title. The famous Warren Moon walk-off, or Warren Morris walk-off for LSU, 96 against Miami. Um, we played Miami, we played LSU, winner of that game plays Miami, and we lost 2-1 to one to LSU. So we fly home, we finished third in the nation, right? We finished third in the nation. We won the national championship in 92, 18 people. We fly in, land in games when there's 5,000 people at the airport. Wow. And I'm going, wait a minute, we, what, what are we going We, you know, we, <laughs> we finished third, what are we doing here? Um, and then, uh, and then you come here, And for me, this was the best spot. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was perspective here. I loved Florida, but there was a little bit of a a lack of perspective at times. Um, uh, Here, there was perspective, there was tremendous support. Um, It just felt good here. It always felt good for me here. I had this conversation a lot with other coaches. I said, you know what, this is a really good spot. People come out if you have a good product, and you know what, if you don't have a good product, no, they're not gonna come out, but that's true anywhere else. But." But in Gainesville, if you didn't have a good product, holy smokes, did you hear it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you'd go to restaurants and people would talk to you about it. I mean, I'm not lying to you. Well, I, I took I, my kids every Monday. I took my kids to Toys R Us, and I had one bad year. That I had really one really sour year in 1999. We just did not play well. I had some injuries and what have you. And I took my kids every Monday. I took my kids to Toys R Us because they were little back then. That was kind of you know four kids and me. And uh, I'm shopping with my kids in Toys R Us in Gainesville, Florida. And I love it there, but this is the difference. Uh, and I got people to, hey, Coach, you got to get this program going. Hey, Coach, you got to get, Coach, we got to win. You know, I'm like, oh, man, hey, guys, relax. You know, <laughs> let's relax here a little bit. Hey, it's the SEC. Uh, I, never, I never felt that here in Tucson, and I'm very appreciative of that.
1: Well, I think the fact that you stay that this is where you've decided to stay, my, you know, maybe says a lot about that. Yes,
2: Yes, without a doubt. Without a doubt. When I, when I announced that I was retiring, I had a lot of people in the West Coast, well, in Southern California, said, so are you are coming back? And I went, no, no, we're going to stay here. What? And I said, yeah, man, we love it here. I mean, we really do. You know, three of our four kids are here and, uh, you know, working in the, in, the, in the, well, one's at the uh, director of the Boys Club down in South Tucson. Uh, one's a non, works for the nonprofit for the Sunnyside School District. And my other one's a a very successful dance teacher at uh, Walden Grove. My gosh, she's won six state championships in a row. So, you know, I'm—I I'm, used to be like the important guy in the family. I'm—I'm I'm, I'm a nobody compared to her. Um, so, uh, and then my other son's out in Texas. Lost his mind. and He's going into coaching. He's out there. He's a head coach. <laughs> yeah, he's a head coach at Howard Junior College. He was the pitching coach for two years. Now he's the head coach. So, so uh, yeah, we love it here, man. It's a good town. It's a great you, place.
0: You had to have at least one coach fall off that tree.
2: You know, what? my brother said that to me. You know, my mom and dad are both home with the Lord now, but I'm sure my mom would say that to me, too. You know, mijo, you know one of these kids had to go into coaching. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So Michael's out there. I just talked to him about an hour ago. He's out there like every other college coach right now, trying to figure out what to do with his time. But uh, but yeah, and, and, and it's a real joy for me. I get to go out there. I get to go out there, Steven Second guess all his moves. You know? <laughs> so kind of nice.
0: You've been waiting <laughs> for that for all your life, probably.
2: <laughs> exactly. Hey, hey exactly.
0: we got a couple of minutes, about ninety seconds. I hope you stay for another segment. But I wanted to talk to you. Yep. You were in the business for a long time. Just how the game has changed in terms of the players of changing it. How it was no, no. coaching back thirty years ago to when okay. you finally left. And we got go ahead. Okay. We got um, about a minute and a half. half. Yeah
2: Okay uh, I think the biggest difference, and I saw the wave coming, I saw it coming even after the 2012 season. The 2012 group, Mahia, Rickard, Refsteiner, uh, you know, those, Mahia's Breen, Stephanie's Breen, those guys were very unique. They were very different. To be very candid, they were very different. Uh, they were receptive to being challenged. They were receptive to, uh, to correction. Uh, they were very receptive. I was tough. I'm not gonna lie, I was tough on the field. I was very tough. Um, and I saw the wave coming, Steve. That you know what, that way wasn't going to work very well anymore. And so, in a strange, ironic way, I probably got out at the right time. I really did. Um, and I'm not saying it's good, bad, or indifferent, but it's it's just how it was and how it is. It's I think it's a different world. Now, I know I I stay in close contact with some coaching buddies of mine, you know, who are in the Pac-12, and and uh, and they tell me stories, and I go, wow, that's that's a little different. That's a little different.
1: I think you can say, though, it's like that across the board. I mean, players are just different because of what they're going yes. through on their way up. So, yeah, I, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
0: We're going to take a quick break here. Come back. Talk about your time at U of a, maybe some funny stories or two, and maybe with other coaches or whatever your experiences. Come back here on 10-3 The Voice. Thanks, everybody.
2: Go local. Make the switch. At Hughes Federal Credit Union, we offer customized solutions and get you what you need faster, like our quick and easy credit cards and auto loans, all done online from start to finish. Save time using mobile banking, bill pay, mobile deposit, and mobile pay with just a few clicks. Live large, accessing 30,000-plus surcharge-free ATMs and free debit card choices. Make the switch to Hughes today. Visit HughesFCU.org switch. Certain restrictions apply, insured by NCUA.
0: Hey, welcome back to Wayne the Ball here on Ten Through the Voice. I'm Steve Rivera, alongside Jay Gonzalez, and on the phone we have former UA baseball coach Andy Lopez. I, I'm curious, Andy, when you decided to retire five years ago, this week, in fact, did you say I'm gonna? What did you say? I'm gonna miss what? I'm gonna miss the most?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna miss the camaraderie that you have. Like I said, I was I was tough on my guys, but you know, I, I always promised I was going to treat them like men and get them ready for life. Because I said many a time, hey, you know, when I used to have a saying with our guys, hey, when you're having a really bad day, fellas, you know, your girlfriend broke up with you, you failed an English test, you won for your last 25 at the plate, when you're having a really bad day, find a mirror, look at it, and smile. Because, fellas, guess what? It's going to get worse. (laughs) I mean, you know, you're going to get, I know you don't, but you're going to have a mortgage to pay. You're going to get older. You're going to raise kids. It's going to be, I said, man, this is the best time of your life. Enjoy this, but know this, it's going to, when you have bad days, it's going to get worse now. So, so I missed the camaraderie of telling young athletes, "Hey, this is what's in store for you. So you got to be tough mentally. You know, you got to be ready to go and and, and and be confident and work hard and, and get after it in life. You know, it's uh, nothing's free and nothing's given to you. And I used to tell them all the time. You know, don't whine, don't complain, don't make excuses. You know, just get it done, one way or the other, get it done. So I missed the camaraderie. I missed that a lot. I uh, still do to this day. I mean, I I know what it's like to sit in a in a, in a clubhouse in a rain delay and. Guys are making fun of everybody and this and that. And, you know, Coach Lopez included. Someone's doing an imitation of Coach Lopez walking around and giving stupid sayings or whatever. And, and, uh, so I miss the camaraderie. I miss, and I'll always miss that. But there are a lot of things that I don't miss, you know. So, so, so I'm okay. I'm okay.
1: You know, Andy, I, I I wanted, I want to give a little shout out to your daughter, Christy, who I had an opportunity to work with for a little while over at the Sugar Skulls. And looking forward, we were looking forward to seeing what she was going to put on the, on the, uh, on the field over there with the, uh, with the dance team. But I got to tell you, you know, hearing you talk about your coaching and your philosophy, and, you know, I'm a tough guy. I'm going to tell you, your daughter got that too, because (laughs) I could tell that. You know, she had some really high standards for what she would, what she was expecting from, from that team. And as, as I recall, and you know, I think she kicked two girls off the team on the first day.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, I was going to tell you, she called
1: me up and told me that. You know, and hey, I thought, <laughs> she told us, and I like. OK, I think we got the right person, you know, because, <laughs> you know, because that, that team had some issues in its first year. And, and I, yeah. you could tell that she was grabbing it by the horns, yeah. and she was going to take that thing and, and, and do something. I hope she I hope she gets an opportunity to continue to do that. Do but um, you, you mentioned your, your son, who's now who's now a coach. So how much are you doing the, you know, helping him out? Are you waiting for him to call you to help you out? You, you know, how's that working?
2: You know, Jay, it's been a blessing, man. Like I said, I mentioned earlier in the the interview, that you know, one of the commitments I made to my wife is, hey, we weren't going to put anything in our house of any accolades or awards or trophies or whatever, nothing. Uh, We're going to let our four kids come into our home and find their own identity. If it was athletics, great, and if it's not, so be it. Our girls gravitated into dance. You mentioned Christy. Uh, um, and my boys just gravitated in athletics and, and what have you, so that was a blessing. You know, they played for me for four years. We're on that national championship club, and so I, I really am thankful. I thank the Lord tremendously, ma'am. I have a great relationship with my kids. I can't thank God enough for that. Uh, and my wife, I have an unbelievably good relationship with all four of them. So it's really easy for me. Michael calls a lot. You know, when he first got into. You know, the position of a, as a pitching coach, we, I worked with the pitcher, so we talked about that, and he pitched for me, so we shared ideas with that. But I won't lie to you, he was here last summer, and he got offered the job in July. He was out here recruiting. He was a pitching coach, and got offered the head job. And he was in our home. He happened to be in our home. He was recruiting in Phoenix, so he was spending a couple of days here. And he looked at me and said, what do you think? And I said, go get it, man. Go get it. You're the head guy. You know, I mean, I, you know, to the victor, goal of the spoils. I, like, yeah. I say, Mike, if you, if you do a good job, you'll, you'll get another job. Now, now here's the other side of it. You do a real bad job, you got to go. You got go find a spot, right? <laughs> I said, but uh, but to the victor go to spoil. And uh, I was so blessed, Jay. The, the 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 next night, we sat at the kitchen table here, and we went over practice plans. Like, you know, what do you think? How this, that, that, that. You know, how much time to do this? How much time to do that? And uh, man, when I went to bed that night, I went, wow. You know, that that was, that thirty eight years of of knocking my head against a wall, and you know, people say, oh, you got twelve hundred wins. I go, yeah, I have six hundred losses, too. You know, six hundred nights I went to bed and looked at the ceiling and went, What in the world am I doing in this job? You know, God almighty get me out of it. You know, so um uh it's been a blessing. It really has, you know, and I hope he gets a chance. We'll see how we'll see what happens. But uh, he's a good young man, so um he's got good words good. it. I'm sure he'll make it somewhere. Good
1: for you, many, but <clears throat> just so you know I did the math, okay, you had seven hundred and eighteen losses. Oh my God! There we go. Eleven 1, hundred and forty-six yeah. wins, though. So that's a you know that's that's still good. But you know, I just want to I just want to make sure we you know we wow. like to I'm I still got that journalist in me. I'm a detailed guy. I want to make yeah. sure I got the right info. So
2: and I, I tell that to people all the time. I go, man, can you believe that? Seven hundred times I went to bed. What? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? That was
0: that was the cause of the heart problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I
2: had four o'clock arteries. That had to be one of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you. Rick, quick because of your time at U of A. I'm curious if you went into Kendrea's office one time or Lute's office one time and just kind of shoot the breeze and maybe talk shop or whatever, a conversation of, of grabbing information, two smart guys in the room.
2: Yeah, you know what? Uh, more so, you know, to me, that was the most unique thing about working here. And I, I really, i really enjoyed the heck out of it my last couple of years we obviously moved to high corbett but you know for my first what 11 12 years or so here we were all in McHale and so I mean I, I yeah I, I mean you know we'd see each other in the wall, in the hallways and talk about this and talk about that so yeah I mean there were times I talked to Jim Roswell about stuff and you know I remember uh, talking to Mike Candrea and Larry Ray and uh Sean you know we talk about things and, and Mike Stoops and you know I mean we'd it, you know, it was kind of, Yeah, it was. It was very unique. It was very unique. I mean, I, I thought that was a really unique setting. Um, uh, very beneficial. I was an older coach by then in the, in some respects, but but man, I used to tell Wazek, my assistant, Mark Walter, hey, was when you see these guys, man, say hello to them and, and ask them a question or two, because boy, you got a lot of wisdom walking around these hallways, man. <laughs> you know, so it was kind of nice.
1: Yeah, there there always was, and when you when you mention all those names, you know there was, you know somebody like Mike Stoops who was a young guy and you know trying to you know feel his way around to being a college coach. But what, you know, what kind of resources you had, you know, with all those guys, you know somebody like Lute or, you know, Mike Candre, you know those people who've been around a hundred years. I mean, there wasn't that that you know there was a good opportunity there for you for even you as the old coach to you know come up with some ideas and some some thoughts.
2: I said it to my wife one day. I said, what amazing place. I mean, really, what an amazing place. You know, at the time, Coach Kendall was still with us, Hall of Famer. You know, Coach Olson was around, Hall of Famer. Mike Andrea, Hall of Famer. You know, I said, man, you know, you're walking around, you're just bumping into guys that are going to be in the Hall of Fame or in the Hall of Fame, and I mean, what a real neat place to be working at, you know. And and, and you know, the nice thing is, everybody was really open and receptive. There was no standoffish type of thing. It was, um, it, like I said, I I mean, there's a you know, hey, I lie, I had opportunities to leave here. I had an opportunity to go back to UCLA. I had an opportunity to, to be honest, I had the opportunity to go to Auburn. And um, and you know, no, I, I I really enjoyed being here. I mean, this was a this is a good job. This was a good job. It was a great town, and uh, like I said, it's a good college town. But it has perspective, and to me, that's that's a pretty good balance. It really is.
0: Were you uh, behind the mic this year before the season started or during the season started? Because I knew you were doing some work with that.
2: My first weekend, how about this? I had the World Baseball Classic. I got hired for that. They were going to have those games at Kino, Mm -hmm. And that was the week that this thing went down. And that was my first weekend. I had Arizona, Oregon State here in Tucson. And uh, in about a three-hour time period, I'd gotten scout reports uh, from Jay Johnson and uh, from the coach at, at Oregon State now. Um, And um, so I was prepping for that, and I was prepping. Darren Sutton and I were going to do some of the games for the World Baseball Classic. So I was on the phone with Darren for about – and it was a three-hour period where all of a sudden I was getting ready to do a, a couple games of the World Baseball Classic in that weekend here in Tucson. And in three hours, I had nothing, <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't had anything since.
1: That was that was a tough time for all of us. Uh, yeah, de- definitely. Well,
2: what a unique thing, huh? Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah. This is some days. I, I don't know about you guys, but I wake up some days and go, "Man, am I." Am I in a dream? What's, yeah. a dream, What's going? On? How many times can I watch the 1978 World Series?
1: On <laughs> well, that's a horrible yeah. World Series to watch if you're a Dodger <laughs> fan. Okay, I'll just yeah, I, I know that. I, I I keep watching they they a couple times they've showed the uh, game one of the '88 World Series the the oh, Kirk Gibson cool. homer. I, yeah. I just have that on rewind and I keep watching that one over and over again. And
0: it's been trouble yeah. since both yeah. you LA guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so
0: so Andy here here's a
1: here's a, a question because I I think one of the best things that happened to, to U of A baseball was when you were here and they made the move to high Corbett. And that was, Ooh. Oh man, Big you know, time. that is, it made, that is so much fun. You know, it's, yeah. it's just so fun to go out there. Were, were you at all uh, behind that? It was, it, you know, who's, where did it come from or was it something that was just brought to you and you said, let's do it. I mean, how did that come? How did that come together?
2: In 2011, we lost to Mar- was it, to Walker. Mike Walker, Mark Walker, I think it's Mark Walker. But anyway, the big leader, right? The right-hander. We lost in the uh, championship game at College Station to Mark um, uh And so we got on the charter flight and we landed. I, we landed at the airport and Greg Byrne called me up. Uh, hey, great, you're Andy, this and that. He goes, hey, what are you doing? I said, nothing. I'm at the airport. He says, meet me at High Corbett. This is no lie, meet me at High Corbett. What? He says, just meet me at High Corbett. So I drove over to High Corbett, and we walked around a little bit, and he said, well, what about if we play a series here? We had, I think, I think we had Rice and somebody else scheduled the next year. So I said, yeah, that'd be a great series. Okay, well, yeah, let's play a series. I, yeah, okay. So then I said goodbye, and I came home. And about three or four weeks later, he called me up and said, hey, meet me at High Corbett again. I said, what's going on? Because I just meet me there. But this time there was Rocky LaRose, there was Greg, there was some other people, and there were some people that I, I, forgive me, I don't remember the names, from the city. And we walked around and we walked all over and this and that, and I went, oh, this is a little bit more than a series. And at the end of the meeting in the parking lot, Greg said, you know, we're thinking about moving here. What do you think? And I went, whoa. I said, uh, man, that, I, I think it'd be great. I mean, I, I like Coach Kendall. I didn't want to lose that, you know, that on-campus site, But in all realities, in all realities, here is the truth. I was a shortstop at UCLA, and I remember flying in here in 1975, 1976 to Tucson, Arizona, and playing a three-game series. We weren't in the conference, or they weren't in our conference back then. But they, um, uh, we played a three-game series against Arizona, and then we went and played Arizona State. And I remember getting in the airport and flying back as a young man and saying to my roommate or buddies on the team, I go, man, Arizona and Arizona State have beautiful baseball stadiums. Nobody had stadiums in L.A. Nobody. I mean, nobody was even close to the stadiums at Arizona and Arizona State. And I used to say this a lot. Um, those were the same stadiums I coached in when I took the job in 2000. 2001. Right. I mean, they were exactly the same. Right. So so they were great in the 70s, but a little bit Mm. behind in in, in 2000. So it was a great move. And although you lost on-campus site, uh, fantastic situation. You know, we were a home, we were a one seed uh, twice, and we didn't host. We were one seed at Fullerton, we were one seed in in 2005, a number one seed, and we had to go to Fullerton as the number one seed, and then we went to Michigan as the number one seed, and uh, those are two opportunities, you know, because again, if you're home for postseason, you've got a big chance to get to Omaha, and so, uh, hey man, 2012, we're one seed, we're home, and and, you know, everything else falls into place. so... It's great move great move
1: it has been it 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 just injected so much energy into the program and it's been great ever since then it's just fun to go out and catch a ball game there
2: I agree
0: and such a good place to watch a game and you did the game change when you moved there for you
2: Oh, man, did it ever? Uh, Man, in fact, that's where we came up with our, our infamous, you know Hard and low is gonna win hard and high is gonna make a lot of outs in other words we went over in January. In fact, it was, um, it was late January, and we, we moved all our stuff to High Corbett uh, from Sanset and uh, McHale, all our players, and we all moved over. And, and we worked out that afternoon. And, and, you know, Ref Snyder and Rickert and Mejia and Mejia's Green were all hitting long fly balls and they are getting caught. And at the end of the day, I got it, which was my routine. I always got the guys at second base before the or after practice. And I said, hey, fellas, here's the thing, man. This is our home facility now. And this is either going to be to our advantage or it's going to be to our detriment. If you hit it hard and high, it's going to get caught. But if you hit it hard and low, it's going to get in those gaps. And, man, we're going to lead the nation in doubles and triples. And uh, and lo and behold, we get to Ameritrade. And after our first workout, I mean, I could not believe when we got on the bus and how many guys on the club were going, hey, man, this is like high Corbett america is just like high corbett and it is it's you know it's a spacious park and the wind is blowing in and on and on and on so it was like home for uh, for our hitters being at uh at the college world series in 2012 because we had to adjust to to uh high corbett
1: nice that's that's a great story i love i love hearing how that thing came together
0: yeah yeah that was great andy uh we've gotta have you back. Anytime you're bored, let us know so you can just or just call in. Well, look, wait, wait, let me open my calendar and look at my
2: schedule. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm...
0: When you, you're at Fries you Bite the bananas. Good,
1: good tomorrow, good Friday, good next Monday.
2: Yeah, 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 See, I'm good I'm good till about uh two thousand twenty five.
0: Right? We'll find you then. You don't yeah, t- beware uh, when I thanks. when you see my text, you know I want you yeah,
2: on the show. There you go. There you go. Hey, thanks for having me. And Jay, listen, man. I'm going to be praying for you, Jay. If you got to work with Rivera, man, you need prayers. I, I I,
1: I, I've known him long enough to know that, Andy. So I do appreciate. Yeah, so. I do appreciate I that.
2: I will be praying. Hey, we all got to carry our burdens, <laughs> life, Jay. You know that.
0: I appreciate it, Andy. <laughs> Adios, Mio, uh, as my dad would yeah. say. <laughs> there you go.
2: There you go. <laughs> great to
0: talk to you, Andy. <laughs> Thank you, okay, Andy. Folks, thanks so much. Me. Take care. All, right. all right. That was Andy Lopez, one of the great guys at U of A. Let's take a quick break on 10:30. Voice, come back and talk more sports. These days, most families are concerned with having the right insurance coverage. Protecting your family, home, auto, and other valuable possessions can be challenging and sometimes expensive. Crest Insurance gives you flexible options and solutions while saving you money. Insurance is not one size fits all, and at Crest, we find the coverage that's best for you and your family. Visit us online at
2: www.crestins.com or call us toll free at 888-881-5765.
0: Hey, welcome back to Wine the Ball here on Ten Thirty The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera, alongside Jay Gonzalez. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. I, I love Andy. He's,
1: you know, again when you when you see that, you know, he went to all these different places, and you can tell he's fallen in love with mm-hmm. with Tucson, and he's here, and he loves it, and you know, it, it showed in the in the job he did coaching, and and so he, you know, great guy, great guy to have around, great guy to be a part of our community.
0: Right, right. The guy I wish I would have had on the show was Dick Tomey because he was a great storyteller.
1: Oh, t- terrific story storyteller always you know and he had been you know through so many things so yeah right. it would have been great to to have him on
0: right 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 but rich is rich tommy has been a frequent guest and he's good too yeah well we'll get rich again i i
1: you know um it's it, it, it it's hard for me to see how old he looks now but <laughs> <laughs> well, he looks he, a lot like his dad. He, he, yeah he was a teenager when we started right. playing baseball right, right. together and and you know he was a he was a stud baseball player and Big, strapping, good-looking guy, and, you know, and just, he got old. (laughs) He's all all, gray.
0: We all do, Jay. (laughs) He's all gray, man. (laughs) It's just like, wow. So, I love Rich. Right, right. So, let's talk more about sports. What's going on at ASU? Man, they've got a
1: mess going on up there. I mean, they're trying to minimize it now, but, uh, you know, you you had this situation, apparently, that cropped up back in December and uh, there's a booster who apparently according to bobby hurley was sexually harassing some some staff members and bobby hurley saw it and wanted something done about it and he sent this email to to ray anderson the athletic director and it's a pretty mm-hmm. alarming email in some of the accusations that are made and, and right. you get it and you kind of got a sense that Bobby Hurley's not very happy with his AD. And then uh, there was a a return email, and uh, Ray Anderson is trying to kind of keep a lid on it and hold it down, but it's out. You know, it's one of those things that you know, pub- a public, uh, uh, a government institution essentially, and somebody got a hold of the emails, and it's a it's a bad look for you for ASU right now.
0: And then the last couple of hours, though, they're trying to soft shoe it in right.
1: a kumbaya. Right. So by uh, the the issue a statement from Bobby Hurley saying his his relationship with the AD is strong and all these kinds of things. But you know, if you've ever been a PR guy, you've had to write one of those, and you know, it's just. You're just mm-hmm. trying to you're just trying to hold off the dog, so it's it's gonna be interesting to see how that uh, how that plays out over there. But it uh, it's a bad look. It's a bad look, and it, with uh, this whole atmosphere of 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 uh, people being tolerant of mm-hmm. sexual harassment and those kinds of things, and right now there's already people calling for Ray Anderson to be fired for his response.
0: Well, and that's the thing because the program itself is on the rise. Right, it's on right. a nice rise for ASU because come on, since it hasn't been good since probably Bill Frieder, and that went to crap. Yeah, eventually. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so they it's they've been bad for a while, so it's I'm interested to see what's going to happen there. You know, stay, stay tuned. It's one of those
0: soap opera things that that's going on up there. Right, right. People in Tucson are looking because they're going, "Yes."
1: Yeah, you know. Yes. Yeah, just when Ace starts to get its act together in basketball, right. something like this creeps up. So, right. it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Right, and, right. Uh, what else is going on? So we had football. We got yeah, going. well, you know, we've got, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to some, <clears throat> some U of A All-Americans yeah. in track. Uh, there were four indoor track All-Americans announced at the U of A. The great thing about that, two of them are local kids. Uh, Carlos Villarreal, the, the 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 kid who runs the mile out of Rio Rico, was named an All-American today. And then uh, Justice Somerset out of Mountain View High School is a high jumper. Mm-hmm. He was named an All-American. Both of them are seniors, so, uh, you know, their track careers at the U of A are over and then um, uh, d- two more, uh, two more athletes: Israel Oloyedi. Uh, my daughter's going to be mad at me because I, I Oloyeti is the last name, I believe. He's a he's a uh, he's a thrower, and then Alexa Porpaxi, a, a high jumper. They were all named All-Americans today, so you know, good for them. I you know, we knew Fred Fred Harvey's had a good program there for a long time. Uh, we got to get him on our show sometime yeah, soon. Yeah, he's and, good too because he's you know he's a good guy. He's a Steeler guy. He loves the Steelers. Okay, well, all right. Good luck with that. I'll overlook that one. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's always great to, you know, when you see these kids who just come and put in the work, you know, especially in, a, you know, when they're not playing football or basketball, right, right. they're not on TV all the time. They're doing this because they love doing this.
0: I was exactly going to tell you that because you've been in the business long and I've been in the business long where the minor sports people are some of the better stories. Right. They are. And they don't get covered.
1: Right. They don't get the coverage and they don't get the accolades and they don't get the visibility. But, you know, to, to see that. These, these four four kids have you know made you know are all Americans. Good for them.
0: So let's. We talked about this briefly in the first fifteen minutes. Uh, UA signed uh, two more guys uh, uh, overseas. Euros right. one probably the jewel of the whole program, right? right. Uh, which is uh, Azula uh, tebulus I think it's t- Tubulus. 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 And, and he's what six foot nine. I six think nine. Be the six nine kid. he probably start right away at the four. Yeah. Uh, six foreigners. Six, four, six
1: international players on the team. I um, mean it's you know what, the bas- I think the basketball is gonna look different. No question. I think I think it's gonna look smoother i think you're gonna i think you're gonna because you what what you hear about the about the european and and international kids is that they're students of the of the game Mm -hmm. they're not just running up and down the field trying uh, Mm -hmm. running up and down the court trying to dunk Mm -hmm. they're they're students of the game they're coachable and they they work on the fundamental aspects of the game and it's going to be interesting to see what that's look what that looks like when there's a whole team of them
0: we only have two minutes left so let me ask you last year was a Different year. I won't say difficult year, but you know they should have been better than what they were. I'll say thought, this. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, that I heard from people was, well, they're fresh, they're young, they had the ways to to get together. It'll take months before they actually get together. This is n- no different next year with all these newcomers. Well, but but the the feeling is that
1: none of these guys are you know f- one and done players. Mm-hmm. So yes, there's going to be a bunch of newcomers again next year. The thing is. They may be around after that. Sure, that so you don't that, see any
0: growing, point, growing it, points?
1: Um, maybe it, a little. No, there may be a little, uh-huh. but maybe a little. But but again, you'd like to think that that these guys who are they, they play in systems where they have to do the fundamental things. Mm-hmm. They have to shoot. They have to pass. They have to rebound, and those things are expected of them. Uh, whereas they're not trying to be flashy. They just right. they just play the game. So. It's going to be interesting to see how how Sean Miller pulls these guys together and gets them to play together. I hope they all speak English because <laughs> there's that because I know Adia Barnes had some of those issues with, oh, with really? some of her European players. There are a couple of girls that got here and really couldn't speak English. Now they figured out ways to communicate, but you know. But uh, what, what I'm interested to see is are these ki- are these guys going to be able to come here, get into Sean Miller's system, and 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 grasp it well enough to be a good team? And you know what. Maybe they have a tough first year, but I, but the fact that these kids may be here longer than that, I think it bodes well.
0: We, from the fans that I spoke to today, they're more uh, enthused about the year after. Because exactly, you know, be patient, guys. Be, be patient. patient,
1: but you know, Sean's a good coach, and we'll see if he can put these guys together. Great show today, Jay. Another great show. Thank you to Andy Lopez. It was great having him on. We'll and try to pull it off tomorrow again. We're going we're to try and pull off a big one for tomorrow. Right, right. Thanks everybody for listening here on 1030 The Voice.